You're about to hear a powerful conversation with Coach John Mosley of East Los Angeles College, also on the Last Chance You series on Netflix. If you haven't seen the show, you need to check it out. He does a great job displaying his faith, loving his family, and loving his players to a really tough time. But before we get to the conversation, let me thank my good friends at Dr. Dish for being a continued supporter of the podcast and the clinics, been good friends of mine. We have a Dr. Dish at my school and the kids love it. So reach out to them, mention the podcast and receive a special discount. I love our new sponsor, Inner Pro Sports. That's I-N-N-E-R Pro Sports. They do a phenomenal job. If you want your players to get a great strength and conditioning workout, regardless of the equipment they have at home or in the gym, check out Inner Pro And one last bit of great news for you. The Peach State Coaches Clinic will be May 1st at Gordon Lee High School in Northwest Georgia. It's an easy drive from Knoxville, Chattanooga, Atlanta, Huntsville. Got some great speakers. Have a team on the floor for demonstration. Feed you Chick-fil-A. Same staff discounts. Go to unitedbasketballclinics.com and register your staff. Gene Durden, John Shulman, Mark Price, Joe Dix, and more will be speaking. It'll be a great day to grow and prepare for the offseason. Now, let's get to the interview. I want to welcome Coach John Mosley to the podcast from East Los Angeles College, also very well known for his role as the head coach in Last Chance Youth. Thanks so much for taking the time to come on with us, Coach. You know what? I, I appreciate appreciate uh, being here, and you know it's been a, a busy time, and you know just so many people just reached out with with lots of love. So, <clears throat> so it's just been a it's been a great uh, you know outpouring of support, and and guys are just you know encouraged by the stories that we had we shared. Absolutely. Well, let's just hit this question. I know guys are wondering outside of the all the requests for your time. How has the show impacted your life? Um, you know, I, I think I expected, you know, I, I ran all the scenarios and I got a chance to visit with some of the uh, other coaches. I expected a little bit of it, but but it's it's kind of magnified. So if one person emailed me, I didn't expect, you know, times five. So I expected the the, the nice emails. I expected people who are just reaching out wanting to support, but that's multiplied beyond my expectations. Um, so just all those things. And, and then just a lot of people, I think I, I was really big on sharing my faith. And I think a lot of people, it resonated with a lot of people. So I, you're talking about long, I figured people will say, Hey, good show. We love it. But I'm talking about massive long emails of people pouring out their hearts. Uh, so from that standpoint, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of humbled by that. Yeah, absolutely. I know that of all the seasons I've watched, and I've watched them all, this was my favorite. And one, I'm a basketball coach as well. But as you watched the show, did you critique yourself at all or much, or did you just enjoy it with your family reminiscing and thinking about the great season you guys had? Well, I, you know what? The the first was crazy is when it first comes on, it shows this high-energy personality. So which I said, oh, my goodness, uh, I don't know if it goes down from there. And, and you know, it, it probably doesn't. Uh, but I was like, man, do I need to tone it down a little bit? But then I was like, no, nah, that's me. Uh, and the biggest thing was trying to be authentic. Uh, we watched it with family and we laughed at so much stuff. Some of the family stuff we were sitting there just cracking up. So, <laughs> I'll bet. Uh, because, you know, there may be even some things that viewers don't notice that we notice because we're in the moment and we were like, you know, did she really do this? Did they really? And then a few people 
you know, they may, we can, I can notice all of the little things, the little tiny things that, that are subtle, that they actually did a good job of putting it in and, and, and it makes the show, but you would have friends and family. They may only, let's say if there's 10 subtle things, they may only notice two. Right. And, and then another group of people will notice this, these two subtle things. And so everybody had an opportunity to kind of notice some of the little nuances that I felt that were authentic, uh, which I thought was, I thought was good, but just, just watching, man, I, it's, it's amazing what, what, uh, you know, what they can do with that stuff. It, 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 it made us really look good. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I was excited. I was a little apprehensive at first, but excited that, uh, it turned out, uh, beyond my wildest, uh, expectations so to get on a show like that did you reach out to netflix somehow or they just reaching out to juco's how how did that process take place were you a part of that you know what there was a just just a cold call and it was a message on my uh on my voicemail and i kind of heard it and i was just like uh yeah i think i heard of that show and kind of called back and you know i really wasn't interested in doing it because uh, up, I mean, up until now, I haven't done social media or enough, and I just like to kind of be in the background and do what I do. And a few people had to kind of push me into it. You know, my athletic director and he said, "Oh, it'll be good. You got to do it." He's a football coach. Yeah, it'll be good. You got to do it. And I actually decided to do it. And then he says, uh, "Yeah, I wouldn't have never done that." You know. Uh, but then uh, one of uh, my colleagues, he's another junior college coach who we kind of have the same philosophies and mindset. He said, Hey man, you got to do it to show how you really are impacting kids and how we really are caring and, and, and trying to get the message that these kids need help, or at least trying to get the message that there are some kids out there that, uh, that we got to try to understand a little bit more to help them and push them through and then show the success of that. Uh, and I said, okay, he got me going. Yeah. And then my pastor, I said, let me, let me call my pastor. I said, I know he's going to say no. And then I, that'll be good. I won't have to do it. (laughs) I'm thinking like, he's going to say, yeah, we don't, I don't think we want to do that. It's kind of Hollywoodish. We don't, you know, we want to be humble and make sure we're serving and working. And then he, to my surprise, he says, no, you got, you got to do it. You got to share. And you, and I'm thinking like, what? And he said, yeah, you'll represent well and you predestined to do, uh, have that platform to share um, that we need to help these young men. So that, that's kind of my decision in terms of uh, Netflix and Last Chance You. I don't know how they came to the decision to choose me because I thought I was going to be boring. I didn't think I was going to be entertaining enough. So, yeah. Well, they obviously record for thousands and thousands of hours. Is there a moment or two that you were like, man, I wish that had been on the show? And they did a great job representing you and the program and your staff. But was there a couple of moments you were thinking, man, I kind of wish that would have been out there for the people to see? Or did they get it all like you wanted? If you are a coach who runs camps and clinics, I'd like to introduce you to Inner Pro Sports. Coaches everywhere are using Inner Pro to provide their campers with individualized strength and conditioning, mental performance training, and personal nutrition metrics all to their phone. It's easy to implement and will make your camp more profitable. To learn more, email them at train at interpro.com. That's train at interpro, I-N-N-E-R pro.com. You know, they 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 got it all, and there were some few moments I was like, oh, man, I hope. You know, there were some offensive moments I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, like months later, I was like, what am I doing? What did I say? The climate of our country, 
it wasn't there weren't bad things but if you say them it's a little offensive to certain people and so it was perfect they left that yeah. stuff out there are two things that they left out that uh and i think they protected our privacy well and i don't it, it probably shouldn't have been in there uh but there were moments i said oh that'll be a moment that grabs everybody but deshaun uh we were uh in san diego and we we're you know top 10 uh it was two top 20 teams we were playing. So it was important. We win this tournament. So we beat both of those teams and we won a tournament. We're in San Diego. We're in a locker room. Everybody's cheering. We're all excited. Like, yeah, you know, doing our little dances and everybody's in a good mood. You know, how, you know, how it is when you're a coach and you win, you know, you're in a good mood. Absolutely. For a couple hours, you know, so I'm in a good mood joking. Deshaun's in a great mood. Everybody's in a great mood. For some reason, all of the families, we're two and a half hours away from San Diego. So all of the families, they decided to come. I think they, you know, they wanted to vacation. They decided to all come. And everybody had a representative family there. And Deshaun's girlfriend wasn't even there. So Deshaun didn't have anybody. And after we celebrated, Deshaun looks totally fine. We're all in the vans, you know. Hey, you know, with uh, our budget, we, we're driving vans. So Coach yeah. Rob's driving one. I'm driving the other. I'm behind him. You ready, Coach? You ready? Hey, where's Deshaun? Deshaun's outside in the back, walking around behind the vans in the dark, you know, and it's cold. This is right after Christmas and he's walking around in circles and he's rubbing his eyes and he's like crying. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, what has happened? What's what what has traumatically happened in his life? And without giving it away, I'll, I'll just give away one deal. And that that's his mom passed of stage four cancer. But I, I went up and I uh, I uh, said, what's going on, man? What happened? What's going on? And he just said he just fell on me. He was already sick, too. Yeah. So. And just think about it, December 2019, I think we all got sick. So I won't, I won't say what it is. But <laughs> right. at, at that time, the world wasn't shut down. But anyway, uh, he was sick. And, and on top of that, he was just like, and he fell on me. And he just said, Coach, I, he was crying for a while. And then he finally said, I just want to talk to her. He was talking to his mom. I just want to talk to her. And so I was like, man. And then we cried a little bit for about five minutes together. And the vans are just still running. My door is open and the, the timer is going ding, ding, you know. And so it was like emotional. And then I uh, hugged him and I said, man, um, I'm, I, I'll, you know, I just want to talk. I said, you can talk to me. I'm yours forever. You're mine forever. And then, you know, then we wrapped it up and then he gets back in the van and he's, you know, then he's, he's being a jerk again. Then he's ba old, back to old Deshaun and then we ride back home. And so that was a moment. Another moment, uh, Joe got into an altercation in one of the, one of the scenes. And uh, he went, he goes to the bench and it can really show how we loved Joe and how everybody loved Joe. But I was a moment, I was just, all of a sudden, I just pumped him up to the max. I said, Joe, you a five-star. You don't let nobody do that to the, yeah, Joe, you. And we all corralled him and then all, you know, he was happy. And uh, a lot of people, you know, you know, it feels good when you have all of your, your peers just surrounding you and supporting you. And in that moment that he had there, we had his back, you know, there was an outbreak, there was a uh, acting out and we had his back and we, we was like, no, that situation was wrong. We got your back. You a four star. You don't get into that. You big time, you Joe Hampton. And so we went through that. And uh, so I think that part didn't get in, I, you know, uh, either way, it doesn't matter. Uh, it was still great. Uh, but yeah, those are great, great moments. Those are good. Uh, thanks for sharing those with us. And well, let's talk just a little bit of X's and O's because I know some coaches want to hear this. So your goal is to have your players move on to play at four-year college. 
So how do you balance like your offensive style of play that can showcase their talent, but also be team oriented. So they'll get looks from higher level college, but you're also wanting to play a cohesive team style of play. Yeah. So here's the thing. Okay. Uh, I'm forever grateful that you didn't see any really, you really couldn't see any execution because I initially watched it. And I was like, Oh man, they didn't see the play that we were running. And, and, you know, and, and for the sake of the emotions of the game, we got defensive breakdowns and I'm like, wait a minute, we wanted the top defensive teams in the state. You can't see it. But for the sake of the story being told, it was not really a, a, a basketball junkie story. It right. was a basketball uh, team story, yeah. not, not a basketball junkie story. So the execution was not there. The, and I was just kind of like, man, and if anything, that was the one thing I was like, man, I wish they would have showed that great set. We got those great back doors. I wish they would have showed how we moved the ball. But you know what was good? Because I had concerns when I watched the other shows. I said, hey, uh, I was like, good. They didn't, you, you can't tell what those football teams are running when we watch football prior. You didn't hear the calls match what they were doing. And that's the same with us. So I was forever grateful. Now I'm grateful. I'm like, you know what? you won't be able to see what I'm trying to do or what we're trying to accomplish. You know, it right. just told a story. So we do balance uh, is very important. And, and if you look at our style, we like to play fast, but uh, we don't gimmick at all. I'm just straight man to man. And I'll just, from the day I die, I'm going to be man to man. And it's mm -hmm. hard for me to play zone, uh, but we want to play fast. And our numbers have been in the eighties for uh, since I've been here. And what happens because of that is uh, some of our turnovers go up. But we also cause a lot of turnovers. But we want to play fast, under control, and we want to go to in the paint all day long. And because of that, we've attracted a lot of size. And so mm -hmm. we're usually one of the bigger teams in California. I mean, we had six eight, six nine, six nine. KJ was six seven, six six, and he's like the best. He's going to USC. And then we had six seven. This was one of my smaller teams. I've had teams where I had seven foot six eleven. In California, Juco, that is humongous. Yeah. And so because we do the UCLA high post offense, I'll give you one scene. I think it was uh, you watched, uh, I think it's the seventh series. Yeah, it's the seventh uh, episode. And we're playing and you see our high post action. And I was like, yeah, there we go. Yeah. The UCLA high post where, you know, we enter it to the high post and then we do a duck in. And then KJ just goes straight up and dunks it. And it was a, it was a, well-executed duck in. The reason why we're 29 and one is because we, we play that way. It may look like, oh, those guys are just going off. They're more talented. But you, we really try to play that way. I like to play with offense in front of the point guards. So teaching the point guards, it's not just let's spread the court and ball screen all day. I don't put ball screens in until two weeks before the season starts because I don't want our guys to rely upon a ball screen. I don't want our point guards to rely upon a ball screen to be able to relieve pressure. I want them right. to understand how to create space and relieve pressure. I was a point guard myself. Uh, so I knew that to be super important to uh, understand how to enter offense. So in a one, four set, you got four guys across. There's nowhere for the point guard to go on, you know, and so now the ball is, it's not ball dominant. Okay. Literally it's literally high post guy is running the offense. Now we got continuity offense where you, we could do some ball screen stuff, but our set offense is, is that UCLA high post. And I know, um, and just to give you this, so you get me all fired up now because everybody talks about the show, but, but yeah, but, I, I want to get a, I know everyone wants yeah. to hear about the show, but I know as a coach myself, 
I want to hear some X's and O's, your yeah. philosophy, just a little bit. I mean, I know that yeah. we can't dive too deeply right now, but. Oh, yeah. So John Wooden was my mentor's mentor. And so I run the UCLA high post. I could do a two guard front, but at the junior college level, uh, you would have to interchange the guards. Okay. And you would have, you would only have a point guard and, uh, and you, you'd have a two point guards and then everybody else is kind of like the other three would be forwards. Yeah. So if I got a one guard front, now I got two more guards. You essentially have more guards at the, uh, at the junior college level than you have forwards. So I would rather go three guards, one being a point and then the two wings and then a two high post versus having three, uh, post type players. That's when you have a really huge team. You know, uh, the triangle offense was similar to that. That's why they he liked length, Phil Jackson and you know, yeah. Tex winners. So one guard front, it allows me to play guards on the wing. And uh, it's it's really, uh, we run that and then we'll go into a continuity four out one in motion after it breaks down. Uh, we do some ball screen stuff. I had to implement it because I had a really good car guard at LJ. He was really good at coming off ball screen. So I really don't like ball screens at all because uh, we, you become too reliant, uh, but you do use it. You need it at the end of the games. Um, but, and we do it a lot in practice because that's what everybody runs. So you have to, you have to defend it. Uh, yeah. yeah. So fast pace, we play all leads. We, we pressure the leads. Uh, and at this level you can pressure a little bit more because you know, the skill set. no offense, but the skill set and, uh, the ability to be able to, you know, uh, think a little bit quicker is, 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 you know, at this level, we can pressure the leads and cause disruption. We're getting up three quarter court and this ball pressure the whole time playing the leads. And then we're, you know, it's not pack line defense, but we're, what we're trying to do is trying to speed up offenses and we're trying to get uh score off a lot of, a lot of steals. Uh, we always lead the state or either top five out of a hundred and rebounding. So that's very important to me. So rebounding and defense, we spend 60% of our time on, uh, our time on. Yeah. Well, that's, that leads me to the next question I had is what does a coach Mosley practice look like? And I, and again, I know we see tons of clips and things like that, but you know, you know, no cameras around, no show, not that that impacted it. I, I'm not saying that, but you got two hour practice, 60% defense getting after it, trying to put, turn your, uh, defense into offense and skill development and things like that, or. Mm-hmm. How, how, and I'm guessing your practice are you know, pretty physically tough as well. So the first day you walk through the door, you're going to, I think they showed where we, I think they showed a moment where we tried out and, and I just wanted to see, you could see the intensity. I want, as soon as you walk door through the door, before you walk in, somebody literally clubs you. Like that's the feeling when you walk in our gym and you better get ready. And if you're not ready to get hit, and for it to be physical and intense, no complaining, no foul calls. Uh, that's essentially how we like to play. Uh, we like to be more physical. We like to be in better shape than anybody. Uh, ironically, I don't talk much during practice. Our practices are fast, yeah. fast pace, and they go. Um, we can go, and I've, I've gotten compliments on, you know, Division One coaches are coming and look, and they, they look like, oh, I had no idea, you know, how fast and how organized and up to pace my practice is exactly uh i actually should have i don't want to leave the spot but i actually got a uh my practice plan that i did when i was at another at the university with my mentor and i created it and john wooden he all scribbled it up and he gave me notes on the practice plan but it is 
it is it's probably 80 percent of john wooden's practice okay because my mentor uh bill oates was athletes in action in the uh 80s so he's athletes in action in the 80s and uh and so he actually uh was color what in the 70s where john wooden was color commentator after he retired he retired color commentator with athletes in action they spent you know five or so years together high post offense backwards and forwards he ran i played for bill oates at the masters college who was at saint mary's college and all that i played with him there and uh we learned uh the high post offense we learned all of john wooden's practice habits and techniques and so it's a john wooden practice plan with maybe 20 percent of me adding but it's all about reactions developing habits and reactions uh and i wish the world the world could have saw that but i think they saw the greater message which was yeah. Uh, which was how we need to impact these young men's lives. That's that's what it's about. Um, but if you guys want to come and see, you can see. And if anybody watches his own synergy, they can see like, okay, it's great spacing, moving yeah. the ball. You know, we go a whole month where I don't let the because I know where they come from. Okay, so we'll go almost a whole month where you, you get. You know, we'll go a, a week where you get no dribbles. Okay, then we'll get a second week where you get one dribble. I'm talking about the whole practice. Yeah, the whole condition. Every, even pickup, you're just like, nope. And then we'll go two dribbles and then we'll go from there. So they get, they, they understand how to play without dribbling the ball. And it forces them to move and cut and slip. And it gets lost sometimes. But, uh, and then when you got a talented guy, sometimes you're like, yeah, it's nothing I can do. But for the most part, that's what we're trying to ingrain. Uh, and you, you just kind of force, force those habits. And that's what we would do is just kind of really force those habits to understand that I can be successful not dribbling. I can be successful moving and cutting and say, man, I could score six points off of just a give and go, you know, or a hard, or a hard cut. So uh, that's the only thing, you know, you guys didn't get a chance to see. But John Wooden's philosophies, that's what I go by. His practices, building habits is quickness, reactive habits. Quickness, reactive habits. You know, I could care less about what play I run. I want to know how quick you can run, how sharp, how quick you can run it. I could care less about everybody can guard the ball, you know, everybody. And, and, uh, you know, I feel I, I'm a little bit different. So I'll tell you this. All right. And this may offend some coaches. Okay. You can do this when you're a little more athletic. So it, just simple things like this. The logic is we're so consumed when rebounding with boxing out. We teach boxing out, box out, box out. We ingrain that we teach you, we execute it. But guess what? We don't teach, nor do we rep reacting to the ball. Okay. What I mean is doing reaction drills to the ball. How do we react? How do, do we do jumping drills to go get the ball? And, and, and in most cases, uh, you know, we, we eliminate that. We so focused on boxing out and being tough and let's get, well, the ball is in the air. You got to pursue it and you have to learn how to track the ball as well. Yeah. So, I would focus more on tracking and pursuing and jumping reactions versus just sitting there and boxing out all day and letting the ball drop in the cup. Now, if you're a little less athletic, then that's that's probably a little bit better. But in terms of having an athletic big team, I'm working on pursuing and jumping through ball. So that's kind of an example of 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 uh, you know that's kind of an example of how I see it. No, that's good because I know a lot of coaches are always thinking about, well, we do box out drills, we do all these drills, and we're not rebounding well, but a lot of it is just go get the ball. Jump. Just go get the ball at its highest yeah. point, regardless of, yes. regardless exactly. of what your vertical is. Now, granted, if it's, you've got wingspin and vertical, it makes it easier, 
But yeah. if you just go attack the ball, even small guards can go in there and get, get rebounds. Practicing going to get it. it yeah. I'm not talking about the hustle part. Practicing the muscle memory to jump and react to the ball. And so that, that, those are things that I learned from the John Wooden philosophy. And so we do jumping drills every day to pursue the ball. And it only takes a, 30 seconds. Let's do the jumping drill every single day. So we learn how to react to the ball coming off the rim. And then you move to the next drill. And then you move. And then you do the tough box out, go get the ball. But you still have to, uh, all those, those things, balance drills, uh, just running and cutting. We'll just cut. We got a cut series. And it's like, what are we doing? Well, guys don't know how to plant and cut without rolling their ankle. So we say, you're not going to buckle. So every day you're going to run hard, plant, go, plant, go, plant, go. That in itself will change your offense. Forget running the play, but you having the ability to run hard and cut, that changes all the dynamics of offense. Right. And, and we'll sit there and we'll run a play all day long and wonder why it's not as effective. Well, the guy, you teach him how to cut hard and plant and go and sprint and get the ball. Um, so those are things that are more important to me than uh, my specialized play. It's, is can I sprint hard as fast as I can? We, we'll spend 10 minutes on running and catching, running the Billy Donovan stuff, you know, like just running and catching. You do that a hundred times a game. How many shots do you get? If you're the third, you get three, you get three, to, you get five to 10 shots, depending on who you are, but you run and catch uh, and pass a hundred times a game. So that's, uh, I would rather work on that and spend time doing that, being on balance, passing, turning our hips, passing, making hard pass, crisp passes. And that translates, and it's the reason why a lot of our guys are getting recruited because it translates, they get better for those reasons. Everybody has the Kyrie step back and the James Harden. That's what all the kids work on, right? right? Everybody works on the step back. But who's really working on balance? Running as fast as you can, stopping on a dime, on balance, and under control. And, and that's kind of what, what translates for our guys. And reason why all our guys are getting scholarships. Yeah, that's good. I mean, practice the things that happen most often. Exactly. exactly. Um, well, let's talk for just a few minutes about, about culture. Um, in episode eight, you and your assistant uh, were talking, and you made the statement, I believe, at least these dudes like each other. Yes. So how do you help build that in a culture and on a team where, you know, uh, you're only going to get them for one or two years, not four? Uh, yeah. So how do you help build this dudes like each other culture where you get along because you're bringing you're bringing in some big egos yeah so real yeah. big egos so how do you balance that yeah with the big egos along with issues on it i think the biggest thing is helping each other learn about each other and uh i think that's a part of how i'm able to handle uh some of the young men as well uh is is learning because when you see the response and you see how they act and see who they are initially you're like you know what I don't want to deal with this kid, but yeah. if you know what's going on in their life, why this person won't pass me the ball? Okay. Why won't he pass me the ball? Let me find out a little bit more about him. Uh, who, why does he not trust me or why does he not trust coach to move and pass the ball? Well, let's learn a little bit about that. Let's check out his history. Let's see what's going on. And so I think uh, spending those times where guys can learn a little bit about each other and uh, you know, just spend time with each other, I think is important to, uh, to developing that trust to where they can be unselfish and they can like each other. You can say, man, you know what? He went through something that I could never go through. I like him for that. You know, yeah. I like Deshaun. I like Joe for what they went through and when they're still standing. 
Now, right. the, the common viewer is probably like that kid right there. He will be out of my door. Coach Mosley's got patience. Well, I, I'm short on patience, too, when it comes to details. But I knew what was going on. And I knew exactly everything that was going on. I studied and I researched his past all the way back to when Joe was at Oak Hill to Penn State. And I retraced all that. And I saw what hurt him, what's causing him to react and respond that way. So if we can get our players to do that with one another, then I think that, that that's important as well. Um, And you you share your story as well in love life. Like you share your story, your past struggles, your pain, where you've been, and they can respect you and say, hey, man, coach has been through some stuff too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's important to be authentic with them as well, and then it helps them to open up, and it helps them to trust me when I say, hey, we need to do this to be successful. One thing uh, in in the show that I loved was was your staff, Coach Robinson and, and Coach Hunter. Just talk about them, what they mean to the team and to the program, and just how you guys are so like-minded and how you love these kids and teach these kids and how you see the overall picture bigger than just you know wins and losses and championships. Not only am I honored to host this podcast, I'm also a high school basketball coach myself, and my team just purchased the Dr. Dish CT. Dr. Dish knows that coaches work very hard to save every penny they can. So I sent back our old other brand shooting machine and got a discount. We also took advantage of their one-year payment plan, paid half now and half later. And my kids love this shooting machine, calling and texting me constantly to get in the gym. And players love immediate feedback. They're able to know their shooting percentage from every single spot they shoot from. And also, using the Dr. Dish app, they can track their shots throughout the entire season or the course of their career. This is a game changer. It's almost like I hired another assistant coach, called Dr. Dish, mention this podcast, and take advantage of our exclusive discount. Now back to the podcast. Well, man, that's a blessing in itself, man. I, I just, you know, I always ask, I pray, I say, Lord, send me the people to help us be successful, that uh, loyalty. I, I just don't look on the outer when, when I discuss or when I'm looking for somebody to come help us out um, or encouraging them to come help us out because it's almost free when you're working in California Community College as an assistant coach, you got to have a second job. You're just kind of doing it to help out. Similar to high school coaches, you know, uh, if you're not on a full-time teaching deal, a uh, full-time employee at the school, you're kind of right. part-time and got another job. But man, I, I look for guys who share like-mindedness and uh, and I kind of encourage the ones who, who have that like-mindedness to be with me and the ones who don't to not be with me and share with them that it's authentic work here. I introduce these guys to how much work it is right away. I don't sugarcoat anything. I say, the first thing I want you to do is come see what we're doing. And they see how hard it is. They see the personalities. A lot of times on the outside, uh, people can see how exciting it is. They're winning games. It looks so much fun. Coach Mosley is calm on the calm during the games. I'm a little more calmer in the games than practice. And they want to be a part of that. You know, you wear the, all the gear and do all that. But then uh, when you see what it goes into doing it, uh, it, it's always good to have people who've gone through it. And Coach Rob was a high school coach who 20 years, he was successful. What it takes to be successful in high school for that long mm-hmm. every year, you know, he's 20 years in. And then he just kind of, you know, they, they, they had an administration change, not because he didn't do did anything wrong. But, you know, it's a private school administration said, hey, you know, hey, let's scale down. We don't we don't want to do it that big no more. And then uh, Coach Hunter, the level of his recruitment, I want the best. And I think none of us, uh, you know, none of us felt 
any type of way about anybody's success. We celebrated one another. Um, and I think that's important. You know, uh, I think it was important for me that if, if I'm going to be a leader, I have to show them that, you know what, I'm not intimidated by anything you have to say. I don't feel threatened by, you know, I don't feel threatened by anything. I want the best people. And it allows me to be comfortable because they're comfortable doing their deal. They don't have to overstep me because they know I'm going to look out for them and they look out for me. Um, man, it's just hard to explain. I've been so fortunate uh, that God has brought the right people to the program. And that's that's important for all those coaches out there. You, you don't want anybody undermining right. you. You don't want to have to look over your shoulder. Um, it's important, you know, that you find people that, that, that don't feel threatened by you as a head coach's success and try to steal that. And at the same time, you're not threatened by their knowledge. Coach Rob is, man, he's phenomenal. Coach Hunter is phenomenal. And me, myself, I have to be humble and say, you know what? They have something to offer it. And if I don't allow them to offer it, then that's where the – um, you know, resentment starts to come in. And then that's when that culture, uh, but they, the team saw our, our culture as well. Um, and I know I can't have resentment. I have to be open to anything, um, you know, and, and I make sure that I don't want to be that coach that abuses their assistance. Yeah. Well, that, that was good. Um, you know, you got shared a special dynamic as a believer myself, um, and a Christian, one of the major themes I see in your style of coaching is grace, how you love these kids. So just your faith is special to you. And, um, I think it was just good for those of us in the country to see a strong believer, um, just really take a stand for what's right. So just talk about how that keeps your faith, keeps you grounded and how it also allows you to give these kids grace who may not ever had it before in their life. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I had somebody ask me what was my favorite gospel song, and I, I believe my favorite gospel song, it was Donnie McClurkin and uh, uh, Marvin Winans. They did a live uh, song in London, and they said, and they sang, and they said, who, did, who would have thought that I would know you this way? Basically saying, who would have thought that me, John Mosley, would know God this way, and in this way, and have this tight relationship with him, and really want to honor him? And so who would have thought that? Um, and so I take in the sense, like, who would have thought that God would save somebody like me and, and, and where I am and the person I am and, and the, the different things I was dealing with in my mind and how, you know, all of the things that, 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 that uh, all the sin that was in my life didn't show up. A lot of it was in my head and how I lived out and what was in my heart. And so he changed my heart. And so I look at these young men and I say, that's the first goal right there. The first goal is how can I plant a seed for ministry? How can I plant a seed? Uh, for salvation. Uh, and that's the deal. And, and, and God has placed me here to be, uh, you know, a vessel in that and to be strategic in that and not really force it on anybody. Because I mean, I'm, I am here in a, in a, where you have the freedom to speak and learn and the freedom to, to grab hold of anything you want to uh, in our school system. So I don't force it. But what I do is I make myself available. And then once I make myself available for those who I see suffering a little bit, then it opens the door for me to say, well, hey, look, this is what I do. This is what uh, this is what I do when, when I don't have peace. And I think we saw in, in if we, you know, just without giving it away, uh, the, 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 the theme, because a lot of these guys, they, they have inner conflicts going on, which is causing them to respond a certain way. So the theme would always be peace. And let's let's create that peace inside you so that you can go to sleep so that you don't need to go uh, be promiscuous or smoke weed or do anything. Let's 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 create this peace. 
you know, and, and, and I thought uh, the last chance you team was great. They, they did just enough. So I didn't seem like a holy roller because it was sometimes, man, I was preaching, man. I, I had scripture and uh, they cut it up pretty good to, to keep it uh, conservative to where, you know, sometimes I was like, oh man, I wish they would have included those scriptures that I put in there. But you know what, man, the message got across and maybe if those scriptures would have been in there, uh, it would have diluted the message because people would have been offended, but they were able to see the message because it was, it was not too, it was, it wasn't too dogmatic. We didn't need a dogmatic message right. in this, in this, uh, show. And I think, I mean, God's hand was on this completely. So the overall thing was, was a piece that passes all understanding. And, and I wanted that message to go across in, in all the guys. And when we were in the mountains, oh, it was phenomenal, yeah. man. And, and uh, and I know they had to shrink it to 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 make it fit, but uh, but yeah, it was it was uh, uh, that was the thing, man, is to make sure that they don't have those inner conflicts yeah. and that Joe is not acting out. How can we change those responses? We can fix what's going on inside. No, I thought they did a great job representing you and your faith without being overboard. And like you said, you're planting seeds for eternity. You're planting seeds for the rest of their lives type of maybe husband and father and em employer. Some of these people will be, be coaches. So uh, I just appreciate you being true to your faith on the show. And so one last question that everyone's thinking is, is there going to be another season of coach Mosley and Elac on last chance you? Ah, man, I, I, man, I don't know if I could do it again, but I don't know. They, man, they didn't, they don't tell me until the last minute if something's <laughs> going to happen. I didn't know when the show was going to release like a week before they sent me an email. Hey, there's the teaser. And then, you know, a couple of days later, Hey, here's the, the trailer. And then right when they sent it to me, it's up on the web. And I'm just like, so I get it at the last minute. Uh, the only thing they gave to me early is I got a chance to view it a little bit earlier, a couple of days earlier, but you, you just never know. Even when we were going through the process of making the decision, if we were going to do it, when I committed and I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. Okay, let's go. And then they're like, okay. And then it was like a while before I even knew, I didn't even know they were going to come. I was like, forget it, man. I guess they're not coming. And then all of a sudden a week before, okay, we're coming. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, so however those decisions are made, I don't know. Um, I think we just still getting through this stuff right here. Um, this is pretty exhausting. So I, I don't know, man, uh, because it's not about, it's not about me and the guys are enjoying it. They like all of the, you know, I got thousands of hundreds of thousands of followers, all that. And, and I've actually been counseling some of the guys like, Hey, let me, let me tell you, this is just 15 minutes. So, uh, we want to use it for purpose, you know, uh, for whatever your purpose is, it's not to have TikTok followers or all that, but, um, you can use the platform for something good. And that's the message I've been sharing with the guys privately who are kind of the famous guys. Yeah. Now. It can be overwhelming for them as well, but well, coach, thanks so much for taking the time to come on. I know you're a highly requested guest and, you know, I run coaching clinics around the country as well. So we'd love to have you come speak at a clinic and just talk hundred percent basketball one day. Cause we know, you know oh, what you're great. doing. You're great at what you do. Oh, so man. love to have you come to yeah. a clinic one day and, you know, we can connect later on about that. But again, thank you so much for being authentic on the show. And uh, man, I'm going to watch uh, kind of like the last dance. I'll watch it three times. Probably watch it exactly, you know, it's over man. and over. I I've watched it three. I've watched it three times. Uh, it, yeah, man, I found myself up to two o'clock watching four episodes in a row, you know, from nine to four or something. So, yeah. Well, thanks so much yep. coach. Yep. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the United Basketball and Leadership Podcast. Please take a moment to leave us a review and also leave a comment about what you enjoyed most about today's guest. 
I hope you'll join us on our next episode.